0: It's time for school, rock school, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns and Chad P.
1: What if you lived in like a condo or something? What if you don't have a chimney? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you can go. I on guess he's on magic, huh? <laughs> he is magic.
0: No, before this song, "Up on the Housetop" by Benjamin hamley it was believed that Santa Claus landed on the lawn. Class is in. Well, Merry Christmas everybody. This is Rock School here. Look at that, and I brought the uh, sleigh bells from home. Actually, we have real reindeer here in the studio. Dancers stopped by. Dancers say hello. Oh, there's no reindeer in the studio. Once again, my name is Joe Burns, and uh, joining us one more time this week, because again, Chad Pierce is not joining us. He had a family emergency, which is taking a great deal of his time, and uh, this radio show just doesn't live up to actually coming in and uh, defeating what he's uh, having to deal with at home. So my wife, once again, has joined us. Tammy Burns, how are you? I'm great. Merry Christmas. Merry
1: Christmas to you too, yeah.
0: babe. Uh, thank goodness we have children or Christmas would be just another day. Remember
1: Christmas without children? Yeah, we Remember? were like in a corner with a bottle of wine That's saying, right. I can get through this, <laughs> I can right. get through this. <laughs> and good night to all.
0: Yeah, but now that we have children, it's We're happy good. again. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Christmas was one of those bad days where you kind of drove around and looked for a, a restaurant that was open. Chinese. You know, looking inside of windows. Those people are happy and we're not. Okay. We're going to play Christmas music on the show today, obviously, because it's a Christmas show. What are we going to talk about? Here's the thing. On this Rock School show, we always talk about the the history of music and we talk about the little trivial facts that are inside of songs. And the one thing I've never heard is people breaking down the trivia that's inside of Christmas carols. So I thought, you know, are there websites that break this down and things like that? So I, I went on. Somebody I started had to around. write a
1: book, right? Sure.
0: Well, there's no book about it that I found, at least. So I've well, maybe I'll write a book. So I started to break all this stuff down. For example, do you know the song, Here We Come, A Wasseling?
1: I do. Right. I've had
0: What You had actual wassel. I
1: had. Have you? Mm-hmm. In Germany.
0: Most people think that wasling is just simply like caroling. Right? You right. just go door to door and caroling. Not so. Do you know what the major difference between caroling and wassailing is?
1: Oh, educate me. Booze. Yay!
0: Booze. That's the difference between it. Caroling is just simply going from house to house and actually uh, saying, you know, I will sing for you. Give us some treats. Wassailing was from the UK. You would go from door to door and demand alcohol. And it was called wassailing because what the people in the houses would do is combine beer and sometimes brandy and wine in a big bowl called a wassail bowl right? and would also cook pork pies for you. And you would sing for them and they would give you a big drink out of this bowl, a community bowl, and you would basically get completely... Dizzy caroling. Deer faced while you while you sing for these people. Okay, what if they didn't give you pork pie and a drink from the wassail bowl? You actually threatened them with vandalism of their home. Trick or treat. That's wassailing. That's what it is. And the one we're going to play. Do you know the song? Do you hear what I hear? I do. Do you know what the people are listening for when you say, do you hear what I hear? What is the thing they're listening for?
1: Oh, I thought it was, you know, magic and Santa and love. Uh No, Uh no. A bomb. Really? A bomb. Are you going to ruin Christmas for me?
0: (laughs) The song was written in 1962 by Noel Regney and Gloria Shane Baker as a cry for peace during the Cuban Missile Crisis. So the thing that they're listening for is peace. But what they're really listening for is a bomb that explodes and destroys the peace. Here's Steve Stevens and his version. Yes, that's Steve Stevens, the guitarist for Billy Idol, and his version of Do You Hear What I Hear? And it kind of explodes about halfway through, so it's a bit of a bomb. So, Merry Christmas here in Rock School. Playing Christmas music here. There's Steve Stevens. Do you hear what I hear? A bomb going off. Are you familiar with the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Of course I am. Okay. It was written by a guy named John Frederick Coots and another guy named Haven Gillespie. Remember them, John Frederick Coots and Haven Gillespie? They're a lot of fun. First song on Eddie Cantor's radio show back in 1934. It became a sheet music number one. You know, today we have record number ones and download number ones. So this is like piano
1: music number one. Right.
0: It became a sheet music number one. But here's the thing that people find interesting. There's a, or that I find interesting at least, there's a line in there that says, little tin horns, little toy drums, rooty toot toots, and rummy tum-tums. Now, I've heard people say, look, I know what a tin drum is. I know what a toy drum, or a tin horn is. I know what a toy drum is. What in the world is a rooty toot toot and what's a rummy tum-tum?
1: Uh, Any idea? I think a Rudy toot toot is a uh, is like a brass horn, and a rummy tum tum is drums.
0: Well, you're close. Am I close? A lot of people just think it's nonsensical stuff that they use to fill in the space because little tin horns would play Rudy toot toot, and little toy drums would go rummy tum tum, right? Yeah. Not so. Remember when the song was written, 1934. Little Tin Horns playing Rudy toot toot. If you were a good horn player, a good jazz horn player, you were said to be Rudy. You were said to be good. Remember the uh, Little Richard song, ba Blubba Balap Boom, tooty fruity, ah
1: Rudy, Rudy, right, right. Yeah,
0: Rudy was sort of a nickname that you were really good. So if you were a good player, you were a good Rudy toot toot player. So if you were Rudy toot toot, you played a good horn. So that's what that means. Okay, what is Rummy Tum Tum? Rummy Tum Tum was a phrase that meant a military drum being played. So if you said Rummy Tum Tum, it specifically meant a march, a military march. Where'd you get that? You familiar familiar with Shirley Temple?
1: Oh, yeah. I've seen all of her movies.
0: There's a song called I Love a Military Man from her film called Poor Little Rich Girl. It came out the year after this song came out. And in there, she sings in I Love a Military Man, Rummy Tum Tum, Rummy Tum Tum, which is the phrase of a military drum being played. So when they say little tin horns, Ruddy toot toot, that means you're playing the military horns real well. Little toy drums, Rummy Tum Tum means you're playing the little toy drum as a military march.
1: I like it. That's
0: what it means. I like that one. Santa Claus is coming to town. Here you go. Right cool. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town. Gather round. He's making a list.
1: Checking it twice. He's going to find out who... He's coming to town.
0: This is Rock School, Merry Christmas, everybody! As we talk about uh, well, Christmas carols and a little bit of trivia about each one of them. Is Santa Claus coming to our house? He this is coming December twenty fourth, twenty fifth, depending mm-hmm. on when he gets here. Right
1: on the roof, down through the chimney. Oh, really?
0: I okay, there you go. <laughs> there he is. He lands where?
1: On the on the rooftop.
0: On the rooftop. Are you sure about that? Positive. Any idea where the belief that Santa Claus lands on the roof came from? You think he's always supposedly landed on the roof?
1: I think it's been the story since the beginning of Santa, that uh, he's always been on the roof.
0: Wrong. It came from Benjamin Hambly back in 1857. Are you familiar with the song Up on the Housetop? Dun, 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 I dun, am. Dun, dun. Okay. Okay.
1: See, Up on the Housetop?
0: That's right. That's where it Uh came from. Before Up on the Housetop came out by Benjamin Hambly, any idea where everybody believes Santa Claus landed? On the roof. No, on the lawn.
1: Well, then he would have to climb on top of the house to get to the chimney. Well, he's
0: magic. Let's just pretend he's magic. (sighs) Because in the poem, The Night Before Christmas... With Ma in her kerchief and I in my cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter.
1: What if he didn't have a lawn? What if he lived in like a condo or something? What if you don't have a
0: chimney? <laughs> I mean, you can go I on I guess and he's on magic,
1: huh? <laughs> he is magic.
0: No, before this song, Up on the Housetop by Benjamin Hambley, it was believed that Santa Claus landed on the lawn he landed in front of your house or i apparently in new york city he brought it right down on i don't know 45th street and then landed right there but he did not land on top of the house it was this song up on the house top click 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 that's where it came from the concept of old saint nick landing on top of your house there you are here you go jackson five up on the house top <sighs> rock school This is Rock School. Happy holidays, everybody. Chad is not here. My loving wife, Tammy, is in here. Am I killing I'm, I'm these I'm Chadley today.
1: I'm Chadley today.
0: Are these little facts killing it for you? They are,
1: well, a little bit. Some are, are very good, but you, you are like a myth buster today.
0: You mean I, I shoot cannonballs through the side of your house? Yeah. Yeah? You're, you're, like, you're,
1: taking, you're putting it in a new level that I've never even thought about before.
0: Didn't mean, didn't mean to do that? I'm sorry about that. Do you like the Hallelujah Chorus?
1: I do. Yeah. That, don't, don't ruin that for me.
0: Now, that's that's in praise of God, right? Right. Right. Well, yes and no.
1: Oh, the, dear.
0: You see, the Hallelujah Chorus is from Handel's work, Messiah, right? So it's a very large work. I remember when I was about 16 or so, in Cleveland, Ohio, you could pay to actually be part of Messiah, The Cleveland Orchestra would pay it, or would play it, and anybody who wanted, you know, poor schlubs like my dad and I, could rent the music, and then for a fee, we could stand in the audience while this fantastic choir up at the front performed it. We could then perform it along with it. I only ever knew the Hallelujah Chorus. This thing goes on and on and on. And the Hallelujah Chorus, I expected, you know, that's an opener the curtain drops and kaboom hallelujah well it's a closer uh it's pretty close to a closer here's the thing if you put the song the hallelujah context hallelujah chorus in the context of the entire work the chorus is performed by people who are being taken in the rapture while jesus destroys the world that they knew so it's not hooray it's sort of Hooray, you're destroying what's happening beneath us. In fact, the lyrics are taken almost exclusively from the book of Revelation. And the piece that follows the Halei Chorus inside of the Messiah is called The Aftermath. So taken in its own context, you can either look at it as hurrah, that this has all been destroyed, or this is a hurrah of destruction occurring. So the Hylia Chorus all depends on how you look at it.
1: Depends on who you're with. Uh, are you yes. going with the man? Yeah. Or are you down on, uh, yeah, it's who right. you're with.
0: Did you get the golden ticket? Exactly. Or did you not get the golden ticket? Hello, Radio Universidad, Salamanca, Spain. Thanks for running the radio show.
1: And ooh la la, KLSU.
0: Make sure you get us on Facebook. We will do our best to be as Facebook-friendly to you as possible. Look up Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. It's a great free Christmas gift that just keeps giving all year long like the jelly of the month club. Back in a minute, Rock School. Christmas, 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 and Christmas music. Uh, I was looking for versions of these uh, Christmas songs to play because, you know, you've heard the same Christmas songs again and again. I have here Winter Wonderland by, of all people, Striper.
1: Ooh. Yeah, the heavy
0: metal band Striper. That's bad. Uh, It is, but we're going to play it anyway. (laughs) In Winter Wonderland, how many times have you sang that line, In the meadow we can build a snowman and pretend that he is parson brown
1: parson brown the one that marries them right
0: he'll say are you married we'll say, say no man no man but you can do the job when you're in town right well why isn't he in town some people say it's because the snowman will melt
1: because the the guy who was a parson only came through had a a large area and he only came through every once in a while, You're like right. once every three weeks. You're right. ding, Good ding, ding, for ding, ding,
0: you. Ding, ding. Parsons were Protestant ministers who basically traveled from small town to small town that didn't have a full time minister and That's it, how
1: they made their money, marrying it. people.
0: He went around and married people, buried people, uh did other religious services that people needed, but the people in the song apparently weren't quite ready to get married, but Maybe next time you come around, Parson, and that's, that's what it was. Parson Brown just apparently was a, a, a basic name. Brown, it could have been Parson Smith just as easily. To get us to it, and by the way, well done. Uh, you get to pick the next Jeopardy! category. To get us to it, here's Striper, Winter Wonderland. Rock! School. Bottom of the hour, as we come out of Striper and Winter Wonderland, because that's what you want when you go to a metal concert. I don't like
1: it. I'm not feeling it now. Yeah,
0: when you go to a metal concert, you want Christmas music. <laughs> I just I went to see Judas Priest not too long ago, and when they finished up, you got another thing coming. I started looking up in there, you know, play something Christmas, and you know, I'm doing the devil horns and such. Uh, again, bottom of the hour. My name is Joe Burns. Joe Burns.
1: I'm Tammy Burns. Okay,
0: we're going to do seven days and seventy seconds, and then I'm going to come out with something that's never it never sat well with me. My my English language skills, which are Stunning. Uh, It has always bothered me with this, so let's do this. Monday, December 19th, Sunday, December 25th. You have Monday. Go ahead. I
1: do. Monday, December 19th, 1957, Elvis got his draft notice from the U.S. Army.
0: Tuesday, December 20th, 1962, the U.S. met the Osmonds for the first time. They appeared on the Andy Williams Show.
1: Wednesday, December 21st, 1970, the famous Elvis and Nixon photo was taken at the White House. (laughs)
0: He had a cape. Uh, He had a gun. He he did. Uh, Thursday, December 22nd, 1963, Dave Clark scores their only number one song in the United States over and over and over again.
1: Friday, December 23rd, 1966, 45 years ago, after union rules banned the practice of showing musicians lip syncing on TV, the BBC's pop music show Ready Steady Go airs its last show Featuring The Who, Mick Jagger, Eric Burden, the Spencer Davis Group, and Donovan. Why
0: didn't they just go live? Why kill the whole show? Saturday, December 24th, Happy Christmas Eve in 1954, the late, great Johnny Ace decides to say to the people in the backstage area, this gun's not loaded, pointed it at his face and shot it. Killed himself he in got Houston, a little Texas. You that
1: concert, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Sunday, December 25th, five years ago, Merry Christmas. The godfather of soul, James Brown, dies at age 73 from congestive heart failure related to pneumonia in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, you're familiar with the song Joy to the World. Do the next line The Lord is come. The Lord is come. He is come. What? Shouldn't it be The Lord has come?
1: It should be, but it isn't.
0: Okay, so I decided to find somebody who was really an English professor, uh, really, really knowledgeable about these things. Here's the reason it says the Lord is come. It was written in 1719 by a person named Isaac Watts. And the reason it states the Lord is come is because the construction is that the word come is being used as an unaccusative, intransitive verb. OK,
1: hmm. yeah,
0: don't worry about that. It's an extinct form of the English language usage now. As a matter of fact, uh, the person who wrote all of this states you'll find it in Chaucer's work. You'll find it in Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. You'll find it in William Blake. You'll find it in Bronte. You'll find it in Jane Eyre. I mean, it's all over the place. However... Sometime in the late 1900s, people stopped speaking this way. The author states she's not really sure why, but one reference states it's probably partly due to the identical pronunciation of the word is and the word has when they're used in contractions. Uh, For example, he's come could either mean he is come or he has come. So basically, what they did was lose the is in terms of the transitive verb and used it, the Lord has come. However, in terms of tradition, it's just nicer to say, joy to the world, the Lord is come. So it's convoluted, it's strange, it's backwards, but that's the reason joy to the world says, the Lord is come. Ta da! Here's Steve Morse, joy to the world, rock school. Okay, this is Rock School talking about little facts and little neat things that deal with Christmas songs, Christmas carols. According to BMI, Broadcast Music International, what, Tammy Burns, is the most performed Christmas song ever? The most performed Christmas song ever. Obviously, we haven't played it yet. What is the most performed Christmas song ever?
1: Mm away in the away in a manger That's
0: not a bad not a bad guess but that's not right Silent Olivia, Night Yet again a decent guess but not correct It's actually the Christmas song A lot of people call it chestnuts roasting on an open fire because that's the first line but it's actually the Christmas song written by Mel Tormé and Bob Wells in 1944 That's the most performed Christmas song ever according to BMI at least Interestingly enough, the reason it was written, according to Mel Torme, was that it was, in Los Angeles, the hottest July Mel Torme could ever remember. So he called Bob Wells and said, this is the most horrible day ever. You know what we should do? What? We should write a Christmas <laughs> song. And they oh. did literally sat down at the piano, and he says about three hours later, they had a perfect Christmas song. Had it, wrote it, recorded it, and released it in time for 1944 Christmas.
1: That That's a great story.
0: And the reason it exists is because it was so hot one July day, they wanted to start thinking about cold December Christmas mornings. And there you have it. Here you go. It's Nat King Cole and his rendition of The Christmas Song right here. That's cool. Chestnuts roasting on an open file. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, Happy Kwanzaa to everybody. It's the end of the year and all the majors are getting their Christmas and their uh, holiday shopping out of the way. I have three here that I'm not going to play. Three uh, holiday songs. I'm going to tell you a little bit about these. Away in a Manger. Away in a Manger. Do you know the song? I do. Have you ever heard that it was written, or at least the lyrics were written by Martin Luther? Not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther. As in 99 reformist elements tacked up on the side of a church. No, I've never heard that. Yeah, that was one of the big pitches about it. Well, it was first printed, the lyrics were first printed in 1885 in a book of poems and songs for kids. The reference to Luther was a marketing ploy to attempt to sell the song. It was not written by Martin Luther. We wish you a Merry Christmas. What do they want in the second verse? Oh, give us some...
1: Figgy pudding. Figgy
0: pudding. Yes. What's figgy pudding? Any idea?
1: Pudding that is made with figs well, and prop. Wait, 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 wait. You And would probably think, right? leftover intestine of goats or sheep or cow or pigs or something.
0: It's really weird that you went there.
1: Is it innards? But, uh, I don't know. No. What is uh, it?
0: Uh, it's cake. In the mm. UK, pudding simply means dessert Um, it's a mixture of bread figs dates and whatever fruits you happen to have around those are all put into a steamer for four hours and then put into a mold and either baked or deep fried to finish it off adult versions are then covered in brandy or whiskey that doesn't even sound appetizing. Well, it
1: sounded worse with what I had in it.
0: Yeah, well, you, you guess you could put some intestines in it, but uh, then it would have probably have a different name. You familiar with the song Green Sleeves? Yes. Right. They then put lyrics to it, and it was called, What Child Is This? Let's go back to Greensleeves. Why Greensleeves? Any idea why green sleeves? Why not blue sleeves, yellow sleeves, pink sleeves, red sleeves? Green sleeves. Did it have
1: something to do with uh, preparing some kind of food, and their their arms or hands got green? Or prepare to be
0: prepare to be offended.
1: Money sleeves? I don't know what.
0: The woman has green sleeves because she has grass stains on her sleeves because she's lying in the grass. The original song was put out during the time of Henry VIII, and to say that a woman had green sleeves was to call her either a prostitute or other kinds of woman of less repute. Oh, those
1: green sleeves. Grown, well, I yes, didn't know that's so, so. where we were we could go there so yeah.
0: Yes, uh, the, what do you mean you didn't know we, that you had that in your head? That was
1: in my pocket.
0: Oh, sure it was. So there's 3. That's where green sleeves actually came from from the time of Henry VIII. Hello WBSD Burlington Wisconsin. Sorry to ruin the songs for you.
1: And Merry Christmas to KSCL in Shreveport.
0: There you are. Back in a minute with more from some great Christmas songs and hopefully I'm not ruining them for you but this is what it's all about back in a minute rock school okay here's another one about another supposedly famous Christmas carol you know sleigh ride
1: oh, everybody knows sleigh ride sure, you know
0: sleigh ride. sleigh ride is that a christmas song
1: i certainly hope so you
0: bet it is christmas song right tell me where it mentions christmas i don't know that, where in there does it mention anything about Christmas? Where does it even imply Christmas?
1: I'm afraid to say now. Now yeah.
0: think of it. Think of the lyrics. You out there in the audience, too. Where? Where does it imply Christmas? Where does it suggest Christmas? Snow. Oh, really? It doesn't snow in, say, November? No?
1: Mm, I, I can't think of any place where it says Christmas.
0: Yeah, it's not a, a Christmas song. It's a song for the winter and Thanksgiving. It actually talks about, in the third stanza, to pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie. It's not a Christmas song. Well,
1: I have pumpkin pie at Christmas.
0: It it was never written to be a Christmas song. We've only turned it into a Christmas song. The entire concept of the song was to simply be a celebration of winter, and if anything, it was to pitch Thanksgiving. It talks about a print by Courier and Ives. That's the toxin? Christmas card. No. Yes. No, yes. kiddo. No, Come on, have you never not. seen
1: the Courier the knives? Christmas cards with the sleigh in front? Uh-huh. You haven't? Yeah.
0: No, I missed those.
1: Come on. No, the your song your grandmother not, never sent those out? It was
0: written in... No, my grandmother was very mean. Uh, I had a horrible childhood. Uh, it was composed in 1948 and was never created to be a Christmas song, but we've turned it into one.
1: Good for us for doing it. Yeah, aren't <laughs> it needs the smartest to be a Christmas around. song.
0: Here's Stu Hamm playing the bass. This is sleigh ride slapping the bass uh, from 1948 right here Rock School Alright, you know off mic I just caught all kinds of heck from uh, Todd the guy who is recording the show right now, Tammy and I are just on Mike Todd's recording it. and he said I was a little uh, a little strong asking you whether you could find Christmas references inside of Sleigh Ride.
1: Well, you I know. think it was the hand gestures and you you know you stood up and kind of waved your arms, pointed and at you and all, waved that. your arms okay. in the air and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'll try it. to
0: be a little bit. okay. Do you know? What the best-selling single is of all time, with an estimated sales in excess of fifty million copies worldwide? Do ya? Huh? Uh,
1: Do the, ya? <laughs> the Mariah Carey uh, Christmas song. What's the name of that? No, no, that's, no, not no, no, that's, no that's not it. That's
0: not it. Not it. it. Okay. No, it's, it's White Christmas by Irving Berlin. Hmm. That's right. And did you know that when you listen to it, when you sing it, the entire first verse is gone.
1: What do you mean it's gone?
0: When it starts, it starts with, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Uh Right. Well, that's not how the song starts. It supposedly was written by Berlin in 1940 poolside at the Biltmore Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. Apparently said to his secretary, grab your pen, take down this song. I've, I've just come up with the best song I've ever written. You know, most songs have that story behind them. You know, clouds, part, single beam of light. Uh, whether it was that way or not. But the original lyrics, the way the song starts is this. The sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A., but it's December the 24th, and I'm longing to be up north. I'm dreaming of a wife. That's the original first verse, and since it got dumped from the Bing Crosby version, nobody actually sings it. So if you want to sing it right, find that first verse and actually sing that. It's not on this one, but here's Zach Wilde performing it on numerous guitars. Here is White Christmas on Rock School. Okay, last break here on Rock School. Hey, Merry Christmas to everybody. I have three more that I haven't gotten to here. So let me see if I can't help you out here. Ring the bells one more time here just to show that it's Christmas. Oh, very nice. You know the song, I Wonder As I Wander? It was composed by John Jacob Niles in 1933. Why? Uh, He was at a traveling evangelical group's tent in North Carolina. The tent meeting was disrupted by police after a little girl sang one of the sort of evangelical songs. And the whole tent was torn down and they were driven out of town. He wrote the song that night. Basically, I wonder as you wander, and he just turned it into first person. I wonder as I wander. That's where the song came from. Uh, God rest ye merry gentlemen. How many people, including you, maybe, do you think that God rest ye merry gentlemen is about the supposed three wise men that come to see the Christ child? I do. Okay.
1: They're on my mantle right now.
0: It's not. God rest ye merry gentlemen actually refers to the men in Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Uh, the first line actually has a comma after the word Mary, So it's God rest ye merry gentlemen. So you gentlemen are to be rested in a merry fashion. It refers, it refers not to the wise men, but rather to men who made extra money during the 15th century when the song was written patrolling the streets during Christmas time. To keep crime low.
1: So like policemen, huh? Yeah,
0: there you go. They the made Mary-man. extra money doing it. And the one we're gonna play: Jingle Bells. Basically the same thing as sleigh Ride. Jingle Bells was never supposed to be a Christmas song. It was written by, let me get his name here. It was written in 1857 by James Pierpoint uh, for his Boston Sunday School Thanksgiving Day show. So it was written as a Thanksgiving song. It just became so popular that it was repeated at Christmas. So the song Jingle Bells, it never mentions Christmas. It was created to be a Thanksgiving Day song written by, uh, once again, James Pierpoint for a Boston Sunday school show. That's it. That's all the ones I got. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. And that wraps it up. Thanks again to uh, Todd, who's in there running the board for us. And uh, once again, I hope Chad Pierce, uh, everything's working out for he and his family. Uh, We'll hear from him hopefully next week. If not, can you come back once again next week?
1: Can I say hello to my biggest fans out there?
0: Sure, go ahead.
1: Merry Christmas, Max and Isla. There
0: you go. That's our kids. So we're going to wrap up with the Brian Setzer Orchestra and their version of Jingle Bells. And that wraps it up for us. We'll be back with one more show in 2011 and then fall into 2012. 50 years for the Rolling Stones they formed in 1962. Uh, we're done. I guess that's it. Merry Christmas. class. Merry Christmas.